Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. So Alex, walk us through what's going on right now. Tim, Tim, <laughs> I can't even begin to explain how annoyed I am at this situation. <laughs> so, first of all, um, we've had to push this recording back because... Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we it, know it, you It literally haven't. doesn't matter that you haven't started <laughs> okay. recording. You literally pushed this phone call back an hour for you to then just sit on the phone for the past 15 minutes while we watched you talk to someone without even a rhyme or a reason, without an explanation, no explanation. without yeah. you just put everything on mute and you okay. just sit here on the video and rub it in okay. our faces that clearly our time doesn't matter. Okay. First of all, first of all, welcome to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, yes, yes, it is true. I asked well in advance if we could adjust the time to start. No, this is how he asked to adjust the time. We were in <laughs> the gym this morning and he was going through his schedule with someone else at the gym and he clearly expressed a phone call that he had at our original <laughs> recording time. And I was just like, oh, is this how you're going to tell me that you need to delay the podcast? And he was like, yep. Yeah, I was getting to that. That's so, what so I was no, going to do next. So you didn't expressly, like, out of concern or respect for your podcast partners, share this information. You literally okay. did it after Tim <laughs> tried to confirm the time three hours after mentioned gym situation. Right. So that was fine. So you are a and then, terrible person, and it's weird that you're Canadian. So then, yes, the, the call ended, and I then had a... FaceTime follow-up that I didn't know was coming from some of the people on the call that I had to jump on. And it's, you know, it's it's business-related. Not that this isn't business and this isn't important. Uh, you are both very important to me, as is, is this podcast. But... Look, I get it. If I had had as bad of a result as you guys had last weekend, I would make sure to not miss a single sponsor. It would phone still call be too. better than your best result in IndyCar. <laughs> so you wouldn't do anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't want to miss a sponsor phone call either. After so that. we're just getting straight into that, are we? We're just getting straight. We'll just get this <laughs> I mean, out of the way. Can, no, no, we can we can get to it later. No, let's let's but just get this all, out of the way. We're off season, so you know. I mean, not, so I'm having some I'm, water. I'm not quite in the off season yet. Yeah, he's still got a race at Sebring. Um, yeah, okay. So St. Pete, St. Pete was it was great that we were able to go back. It was great that we were able to do it. It was great that there were fans. It was great that Andretti Autosport was very competitive, and it was great that we were there, and it was great that there were fans, and it was great that we made it home safely the end. <laughs> it was a really cool first half of the race. Yeah, it started coming coming apart pretty aggressively after that. So anything you guys want to uh, elaborate on? or I want to know how a car spins out at 30 miles an hour behind the pace car. Going slower than pit lane speed limit out of nowhere. That's what I want to know. Because I haven't quite figured that part out yet. The driving back on track into Jack Harvey, 
is 1000% my fault and a stupid rookie error that I regret and hate myself for more than anything else. The the whole spin that started it, I still don't understand and I'm very confused. That's so all I the, have to was say. Was the about pace that. car going that slow just because they knew they were going to run out of fuel? I don't know the specifics, but I do know that I was on the radio and I know other guys were on the radio saying we need the pace car to go faster because the tires were so cold, even though it was like a million degrees there, there was just, there was no grip. And it was, I mean, if you saw the restart, that's why once we had one restart, we had many, many, many other restarts. It's because there was just no grip and uh, it was like driving in the wet. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody that we're going to have to cut because I don't know whose fault it was. How does the pace car run out of fuel? That I I do not know. I do know that it happened. I do not know why it happened. Like and I get that you can't necessarily refuel it in pit lane because like why would you, you not know, start? Why would you not start, start a race start with a full tank? I don't understand that. There's no way it burns <laughs> through a full tank. And yeah, couldn't we, somebody we like doing get the a, math like on a that. can? We were doing the math on that. Like even so, so the racetrack's 1.8 miles long. Even if it did the entire 100 laps. <laughs> that's only 180 miles. Most most cars can do more than that on a tank. Granted, you're going to burn more, you know, driving like you would have to around a racetrack. But I still feel like, I mean, it didn't do 100 laps. It did like <laughs> no, and what 20 is laps. what is what is the uh, safety car speed when it's not 30 miles per hour? Well, apparently it was like 45. I mean, it was <laughs> it, it should be more, but I don't know. I know that Oriel drives a car. He's told what speed to go based on a variety of factors. I know this because I've done this before. And I'm sure that normally they want to go as slow as possible so you're not burning as many laps under yellow and you get more laps under green. But it was kind of a catch-22 because by going so slow, the tires were so cold that we were causing more yellows. So (laughs) I feel like that one may have backfired a little bit, but I don't know the specifics. Alex, how was your day? My day, guys, um, pretty bad. Um, Yeah, just uh, I don't know what the correct vernacular is. Screwed the pooch. Um, Stuffed it. Stuffed it. The bed. The bed. Um, (laughs) Unlike James, I can't really blame it on anything other than screwing up. So that's that's neat. That's that's to, to, that's to be fair, fun. I'm I'm still blaming only myself on the crashing into Jack part. <laughs> right, right. No, no, I understand that. I don't have any other factors, um, which you know has made it interesting to try and sleep at night. The past three it's days. tough, eh? It's, How many times have you like been in the middle of the night with your eyes closed and you just like see your wheel sideways? turning that's what i see i dude, see like the dude, spin seen, was so slow i've seen uh, it all more often than not and i go through varying waves of depression um so yeah it's been it's been an interesting 72 hours i know i now know what it's like to live like tim um well i was gonna, which gives well, me a little I, bit more sympathy for him but so i'm sorry, not what I mean, exactly do you mean by i don't that? know what that means yeah well like just constant failure oh <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, see, no, you don't know what it's like to live like Tim because that was a very rare failure. Tim's accustomed to it. So when he fails, it's just status quo. You get used to it. You get used to it real fast. Oh, do you? (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you know, before that uncalled for attack, uh, (laughs) I feel like you're pretty good at, at putting stuff behind you and compartmentalizing. No, but no. Now that this was just like a wholly unforced error, that's not the that's not the case. No, no. Like it's compartmentalized and it's behind me and it's fine. But like, 
I still am stuck. Like I, in 20 years, I have never made an unforced error from the lead of a race or from really any important position, I feel like. So it's just, it's an, it's an interesting thing to come to terms with. And that's okay. That's fine. You know, life goes on. The world is still spinning. Um, so here, there, there are much bigger problems at hand, but it, it does suck that that was kind of the final event going into the off season. For sure. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Like one of the hard things is, is like you say, Alex, you're, as an athlete, you go through these moments, you have these things, you, you compartmentalize them, you move past them. The, the flip side of both of our weekends is, is there was a lot more positives than negatives. The one negative just happened to be a very big one and it happened to be at the end of everything. So it's like the last <laughs> taste in your mouth, you know? But the hard thing is like coming back to the pits and to your crew and having like no explanation, you know, like if you were battling with a guy and he cuts you off and you crash out, like you can, you can talk about it. You know, like when I got back to the pits and I'm sure Alex is kind of the same way, like you don't know what to say. And, and it's not just because. No, you like, just say, I'm sorry. Like, you, I, yeah, that's, that's literally all you can say, but like, you can't, like, I, I couldn't explain through that situation. I couldn't walk them through to understand what happened because I still didn't exactly understand what happened. And that's one of the toughest things. The ones that you, you can't explain. If you know that you did something wrong, like you came out of the pits on cold tires and you broke too late, you locked up, you hit the wall. Okay. There's a very logical explanation. You know exactly what you would do different to not do that again. But like Alex, you just went through turn three seemingly the same way you had the other 52 times. And for some reason it just didn't work. You know, and I was just driving around behind the pace car and suddenly I was in the dirt backwards and don't know why. And that's like so hard to like verbalize to somebody else and get them well, to understand. Yeah, I mean, I guess at. I best I guess the biggest thing about moving forward is like recognizing what you do different. And so these two particular situations, it's like I don't know if I was putting that. I don't know that when we go back there in March, I I don't think I know how not to do that again. Like right. That's. That's, and I think that's kind of I weird. Think, I think both were such kind of unique situations and kind of bizarre situations that we go back there in March and you don't think about it and you just do the same thing we were doing because for ninety nine percent of the weekend, it imagine was the it happens thing. again though. <laughs> okay, then <laughs> well, you've got some was looking it? It inside was like, to do. It was like lap fifty six or fifty. What, what lap was it? it was, no, it was in the sixties. Okay, so that kind of gets to my point. The other 62 times, it worked fine, right? And plus practice <laughs> like, and qualifying and warm-up. Practice, up, qualifying, warm-up, like the whole nine yards. Like there was nothing. Turn three is not a spectacular corner. Like it's, it's fast, but it's not hard. Like sometimes it's, it's you know, like uh, it's like in The Simpsons when Milhouse goes, nobody ever talks about all those days I didn't pee my pants. Well, that's right. What, right? I mean, <laughs> on the way to dinner, James was like, we are the living embodiment of the guy that builds a bunch of bridges. But then, you know, does the other thing with the father. Does one other thing one time and is known as that guy. And no one thinks of him as the bridge builder. So now James. I'm just the yellow spinner. And I'm just the crash from the leader. There you go. So neat. Good for us. Go us. Go team. I don't like I'm torn because like I want to make fun of you guys. But you, you both seem pretty down right now. I, I, I honestly, Tim, I thought you were just going to stop. I, I thought you were just going to be like, honestly, I just, I really want to make fun of you guys. Look, undoubtedly, you guys both messed up huge. 
<laughs> well, okay. Like, that's it. Like, that's all I had to say. <laughs> what's what's even more frustrating is like you take the selfishness out of it for a second and you think about the fact that you know one of the the talked about things at least in the media and amongst the paddock is the amount of you know cars that andretti autosport runs and you know it, it comes with its degrees of disadvantages and its share of advantages and challenges well. yeah and and one of the the big advantages certainly is the fact that you know if everything is going well you have a lot of bullets in the gun to like get a result. Um, I mean we shot three blanks, pretty, <laughs> pretty aggressively. Uh, there was there were more than three. There was well, one stage. I mean, but but Marco's thing wasn't his fault. Like Marco got oh, yeah, got taken fair. out. Like yeah, me, oh, Colton, me, Colton, and we were James. all running in a podium position and all just unforced errored our way just into a not away. podium position. Does Michael say anything to you guys nope, after not that, much. or is it just like the disappointed head shake? It's it's like that father. I'm not upset. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Here's That's the thing. Devastating. Michael, Michael is, a, it is devastating, but Michael is also a very understanding team owner because he's a driver, right? I mean, he's a, he's a more recent competitor than any other team owner in IndyCar. Um, uh, I mean, Ed. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's a great point. I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. Um, and you know what? Ed would probably be exactly the same. He'd probably actually be a very understanding person in that situation. And so, yeah, I mean, there's obviously frustrations and when you're a team owner, there's a lot of pressure on you as well. And there's partners you got to answer to and this, that, and the other, we've got to go back and face our crews. He's got to go back and face partners. Like it's a whole thing. So you just, you try really hard to not screw up because it just, it just makes a lot of people's lives difficult for a lot of, a lot of reasons. But, um, you know, who didn't screw up was Scott Dixon. I mean, I, I, I'm going to argue that and say the person that really didn't screw up was Joseph. Like, well, yeah, no, I just meant kind of because Scott won the championship. I'm right, just but like Joseph, Joseph had like a pretty difficult qualifying, qualified ninth or something, and like he went into that race knowing his only shot at a championship was winning the race, and he went out and won the race. Did he send you guys a couple Apple Pays after that? I was gonna say was like just contingent on on Dixon crashing out. <laughs> it's it's um yeah I mean it's it's one of those things right where like. He did what he had to do, and that was not screw up. But what's exceptional is Joseph. Did. Joseph like had a really good year, and like had a good. That's, some things fall his way, not everything, but some things fall his way for the most part, right? Like he didn't have any major catastrophes other than right. the Road America, you right. know, stall in pit lane. But other than yeah. that, I think it was pretty straightforward for him. Yeah, and he still lost the championship. Yeah, dude, he he had four wins. Yeah, like eight podiums and still lost the chance. It's, it's, it's crazy to think when you actually look at his stats compared to Scott's, they were surprisingly close in terms of like wins, top fives, top tens. But yeah, Scott just did what Scott does and just won a championship. It's, it's actually the most not 2020 thing to happen. It's like the only normal thing that's happened this year so far is uh, Scott Dixon winning, winning a championship. Yeah. Cheers to a six-time champion in Mr. Scott Dixon, who did it again, as he does. So, um, all right, what else is going on? What's going on um, now that I, I know that I have Sebring, James? I think maybe you're talking about Sebring. I don't know. But what it, what's, no. what's coming up for you? Well, what so do you do now? I, 
I I am now I just been informed I will not be required for Sebring. Is that because uh, you kept your clothes on this year? <laughs> so if no, you- that that would have been if I had taken them off, I would have been not required for Sebring. Uh, this was uh, more just a function of too many too many cooks in the kitchen. I think they. I mean, it's it's a twelve hour race, not a twenty four hour race. I think they'd maybe booked more people than they needed. And I'm I'm like the low guy on the totem pole. I get it. I'm the I'm you know it's it's a it's a lifo system. Last in, first out, which is totally fine, totally understandable. I am sorry that I won't be there in person to watch your twelve hour victory uh, in the number seven Acura Team Penske DPI car, Alex. But I look forward to watching it from my couch with a bottle of bourbon in hand, thinking about how you cannot enjoy bourbon with me at that time because you're working. It's my last. It's my last shot to get a win this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you know what though, man? I mean, I the petite was tough because you guys, you guys all did a good, like an incredible job, and you all drove well enough to win that race. And it was just a weird set of circumstances at the end, but, uh, you're right. I have, I have, how do you, how do you rate your prospects? I know historically, maybe that's not been the strongest track for that team. Like here's here's the thing. I think, I think since we've all, since IMSA and, and, and all the manufacturers have kind of figured out the BOP, like I think the competition between the, the three manufacturers being Acura, Cadillac and, and Mazda is pretty good. So from that standpoint, I think we have as good a shot as any for whatever reason. Um, aside from the kind of faux endurance race that happened at the mini petite six-hour Atlanta race right. a couple months ago, Team Penske's never won an endurance race, which is very hard to fathom when you it's think about it. It's a weird thing to understand. Like, they are excellent at most things. I would argue all things. Right. And so the fact that like they can win a championship, they can win races here and there, but they can't win an endurance race when like most of the things about endurance races are managing strategy and risk and, and, and situations. Um, so I think they're due. It's just a matter of whether it's the six or the seven car. Obviously. And, and it's, uh, it's their swan song, right? It's, it's team Penske's it final race with the accurate yeah. DPI program. So it would be kind of poetic to go out with not just a win, but the first win for their uh, uh, first endurance win. Sorry. And hopefully after a good Laguna Seca race, uh, maybe a championship for the well, seven. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like if for them to win the championship, regardless of how Laguna goes, it, it looks like they probably are going to have to win Sebring. So it's uh it's kind of a, a, a be all or end all for us, which is exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be weird to race at Sebring in November. Uh, usually it's quite a warm race. It in theory should be quite cool. Um, which is great for like, you know, the just pain of the process, but it'll be, it'll be a weird experience. I think definitely going into night cause we saw how much the night changed things at Atlanta. Um, and I think there's no reason to to expect anything different at Sebring. So uh, that'll be something for us all to come to terms with, and uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. And so then after Sebring, you're done for the year because you are not just because of testing restrictions and, and COVID stuff and whatever, you're not doing Baja this year, right? So, yes. So Baja. Well, now I want to go. So Baja. <laughs> Baja this year is going to be postponed for me um, because with 
Sebring having to get moved, I wasn't going to be able to do the the like pre-running that I, I usually would um, going into the thousand. So we all thought it was in our best interest to, to kind of skip it this year and we'll be back in 2021. Um, yeah, that, that feels like of, something you don't want to like. You don't, you don't, you don't want to miss the like the course notes for the yeah, thousand you, mile. You don't want to be race. unprepared for <laughs> yeah. that one. It's not yeah. like there's corner marshals at every corner to like help you out if something goes south. Nope, nope. So that's one where like you don't cut corners. So when it was like we're gonna have to <laughs> cut some corners, it's like maybe we should reconsider this. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very as a very grown up approach. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, so then, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the racing year done. I mean, I, I look forward to watching Sebring and, and talking about it. But uh, I want to I want to completely pivot away from all of that and go to a conversation that sort of was struck up before we started recording over our group text. Annoyingly, Tim texts us almost every day that we're recording, which is insane to say, "Hey." Are we good to record today? Hey, what time are oh, we recording today? How often hey. do we have to change that? Uh, Including today, by the way. Yeah, no, most times, but that's not important, Tim. It's just the fact that you're just constantly <laughs> bugging us on text messages. And I don't even remember. I mean, I guess I could look, but we started. Oh, you, Wait, oh I, I do. I, I sa- you started about Sherry. I suggested we have a few drinks because yes. the season is done. And... You know, you guys both did so terribly. <laughs> right. So anyway, Pete, shut, I up. Thought maybe shut up. Maybe you could shut use up. a shut up. Shut up. Shut up. So I just want to stress how bad. Shut you did. up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I've, so I've I just I got miles I, per hour. Oh my god. So <laughs> I. Oh, it's, it's so good. You're in California. Um, <laughs> when you but you suggested drinks and you landed on what did you say you were between having a beer, having a whiskey, or having a sherry. Having a nice sherry. Yeah. And I just, I, am, I, I don't think I've ever met someone outside of the southern region of Spain who suggests having a sherry. I've been watching a lot of Frasier lately. And by lately, I mean the last six to seven years. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's earlier here. I didn't want to like jump right into the whiskey at three in the afternoon. So, so this brought up the, the point that I brought up. Um, which is a weird sentence to say, but here we are. Um, the, I asked the question, is Fraser better than Cheers? Because Absolutely. I have my own opinions and I don't okay. I don't know that I okay, I don't know so, that I disagree, but I, I don't know that I agree fully. Okay, well hold on. Let's let's backtrack here and let's Alex give me your uh, how much Fraser have you watched and how much Cheers have you watched? Because Cheers is actually an older show than Frasier, I think. Admittedly, yeah, that's where admittedly, the admittedly not nearly as much as I've watched Friends. But I have watched well, a decent, I've watched a decent amount of both because it was on as like a an option pre-everyone having streaming devices on airplanes. Right. It was an option to watch old television shows. I, I thought you were going to say like when you lived in Europe, it was one of the only American shows that played 20 no. years too late. But no, 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 no. <laughs> No, so like it was just on. It was just on a bunch of airplanes. Is Niles ever gonna get with Daphne? I need to know. <laughs> so, so for me, so for me, I mean, I did. I didn't watch all the seasons from start to finish. I didn't watch. Um, I don't. Yes. So, so I'm not judging this based on the series as a whole, which is why I'm not that opinionated about it. The only right. reason, the only reason that I, I, I think that I like Cheers more is because it seemed to be more lighthearted. Unless you didn't have to have as much of an emotional connection to the character. That's true. I mean, Frasier. Frasier got heavy. It was more friends-like, you know? 
Frasier did get heavy. Frasier didn't get that heavy. It got heavier than Cheers. Okay, yeah. Cheers was just well. Cheers hang on. There were some. There were some heavy episode of heavy episodes of Cheers. Yeah, but so so here's here's what I think Cheers has going for it. Ted Danson. Just yeah, like that's... full stop. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna expand on that. I think the writing in Frasier was more clever, and I appreciated that. Theme song in Cheers was better. Theme, so- theme song in Cheers is good, but I kind of like Kelsey song- Grammer singing about it. Yeah, <laughs> theme song. Yeah. And scrambled eggs. It, it did make me want to like pour a drink and watch, even though I was 13. <laughs> you know, like it just that like that it had that loungy feel to it. You know, I felt like you should be enjoying yeah, a nice cocktail. Like Cheers, you. I feel like you could make like a couple changes, and that's a horror sound like song. Like, you could just like a little bit playing that through an old record machine would work in a horror movie. Yeah, I can like, see that. Frazier is definitely like, all right, sit down, have a nice glass of sherry, enjoy this episode. Okay, so Weird. then we, yeah, I mean, first, like we again, we started on this because of the sherry. Which, guys, I regret to inform you, Thim is drinking right now. It's out of a tiny out little mini looking wine glass. No, it's not even called it that. Let's not give him that. It's weird that you even own one of those. And it's weird that you had a bottle of, of sherry. James. I own four of them. Even worse. In case I have company. And no oh, no one else is going to want to drink sherry, Tim. I don't know why you even have the bottle or multiple glasses. It's irrelevant. That's all I'm, that's all I'm pouring for you next time you're here. I know where your <laughs> liquor is. I will find real drinks. Anyway, this this whole Cheers Frasier discussion was happening. And then Tim, just out of nowhere, decides to throw in, yes, Frasier is better than Cheers. In his opinion. In his opinion. But I mean, MASH I'm, is better like than Frasier. I'm the qualified person on. to have an Hang opinion on, on this, but no, no, no. this no. podcast. That's fine. But then you add it in, but MASH is better than Frasier. Yeah, and then... Okay, they're of the same era. I was just ranking I don't even. I don't shows. even know what MASH is, guys. Right. Yeah, so MASH, if they're MASH not from the same great. era. That was just great. MASH is I mean, way older than Frasier. Well, MASH is older than Frasier, but it's of the same era of Cheers, and Frasier originated in Cheers. I suppose. Um, first of all, it's not. It's not I suppose. MASH That's... was in 1972. Cheers was in 1980... Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, 1983. So it's 11 yeah, okay. years difference. Different, okay, but... Different but era. MASH, MASH ran 11 seasons. So did Cheers. I'm just saying. So, that, so they, your argument is invalid. It started in 72 so, and ended so, in 83. Sorry, Cheers started in 83. They had an over. Your argument is that the last episode of MASH may have coincided with the first episode of Cheers, so they're quote-unquote from the same era, even though they both ran for a decade. Yes. You're wrong. That's pretty <laughs> dumb. Okay, so speaking of shows, what shows are you guys watching right now? Um, <clears throat> well, This Is Us just came back on. So did it really? Oh, uh, I haven't started watching that yet. When did that start? Exciting. Last night, uh, two, oh, okay. hour, two hour season five, um, episode one. My boy uh, Justin is uh, announcing that he got some <laughs> chick pregnant, which is kind of cool for him. Um, what else? Uh, Absentia, which is awesome. What's that? Um, it's about this FBI agent. I've never heard of that, but I feel like it's pronounced absentia. I mean, quite possibly. That does make me. I mean, yeah, that might be right. I've been calling it absentia for the past month and a half, but either way, here we are. Luckily, not Do they in never public. Say it on the show. No, they don't say it on the show. It's it's quite a dark drama about this this FBI agent who is married to an FBI agent, and she goes missing for six years, and there was a bunch of like 
Um, so it's definitely it's definitely eccentric. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 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 I didn't know that that was like an adjective for something that happened to someone. I just thought it was because she was absent from her tia for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 legitimate. That's fine. Right? Uh, we'll let that slide. Okay. <laughs> Will we? We're gonna yeah. let that, we'll that slide. She she disappeared for six years. Like that's I just I that's what I went with. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I mean, so we'll check that out. So that's a good that's one. a good one. Um, and then obviously the greatest show of all time that I've already finished by now James is watching is Yellowstone. Yellowstone. I mean, greatest show of all times a bit. That's a bit. That's a bit yeah, kind. Yeah, MASH. I feel like we've covered this already. MASH. Wow. Wow. Right. Maybe maybe <laughs> the best the best show in the era of streaming. Ooh. Ooh. In the so era. So you're saying it's better than This Is Us? Yes. Are you saying it's better than Game of Thrones? Never watched it. Ooh. What about like the but what based, about comedies? But based, we talk like the Good Place. But based on like how everyone felt about how Game of Thrones ended, I'm gonna say yes. Dude, I really think you should you should dive into Game of Thrones at some point. It's a commitment. Don't get me wrong, but it's just it's it, that sort of stuff doesn't interest me. Like just like Star Wars doesn't interest me. See, Becky was the same way. Becky hates sci-fi. She hates all. She's never seen a Star Wars and refuses to watch it. Well, actually, Alex, you introduced me to a show that I really like, and I've been. Ted Lasso. Uh, Ted Lasso. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> I've heard such good things. I have not yet watched it. So funny. So that's that's uh, Bill Lawrence, who who he created Scrubs, and then Cougar Town, and then he had one like spy show that took place I like dog. both um, of those movies, I don't or shows, I don't know the yeah. spy one. I didn't like Great. Cougar Town that much. <clears throat> I did. Cougar Town was good for its audience. I, think, I mean, I but, liked, uh, I liked, I liked the fact that Monica was in it. I was gonna say I've, I've got a low key crush on Courtney Cox, so yeah, I mean, makes sense. You got to be excited about the the news about Scream Five. By the way, I love that we're just now talking about TV and movies because it's the off season. What else do you guys have going on? <laughs> I had a very busy day, Tim. I mean, uh, clearly, I don't, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I was know. an hour late to my own podcast. I don't know that I believe that. But it's fine. No, you asked me that, and I had to like walk through my schedule with you at the gym this morning because you didn't believe me. And one of the things was having a meeting with the backyard architect that you referred me to about redoing my backyard. And we'll get into that offline. <laughs> that might be the most casually rich people thing that you guys have said on this show. <laughs> what? And I can't stress this enough. The absolute is a backyard architect. Wait, is it, wait it's a landscape uh, contractor. Yeah, isn't that like isn't that kind of your family business? That's what my dad used to do. Yeah. Yeah, like is that's that's the it's, area that's his it's, area of expertise. It's, it's, so it's is this design what and build landscape. No, it's design and build landscape architecture. Yeah, so it's not just like doing the 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 trees and the bushes. It's like I'm I want to like redo the area, like the repave or re whatever stone the area around the pool and like do some stuff. So it's more than just landscaping I feel but I don't know that's what landscape architect isn't that's a that's, that's 100% a thing, right? so speaking that's of speaking of this entire conversation I'm surprised you guys aren't on that Kim Kardashian private island birthday party uh just talking about I'm sorry I'm sorry oh, I'm God. sorry Kim just because you don't have a yard <laughs> that's that's fair doesn't mean that you have to judge people a lot of people have yards a lot of people I can't wait I cannot people. wait until you get 
you like land some writing a the next Star Wars trilogy or something, and you're making a hundred million a film, and you've got some mansion in L.A. And the one day you ever mention the word backyard architect or landscape architect, <laughs> and I can just rub that in your face so hard. James, if I'm ever making that much money, I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. That's fair. That's totally fair. Alex, we'll still hang out. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's because you get the guys on the same spending level and earning level. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, right poor- now I'm riding your coattails. I'm sure as hell not going to let you ride mine if no. I ever have a coat. Us, us poor uh, <laughs> part-timers over here. I get it. I get it. Right. So speaking of well-manicured backyards and <laughs> needing to have... Uh, this sounds like it's going to get risky quickly. Ne- I'm here for it. Needing to have an eye for the, uh, the green stuff, if you will. Um, let's talk about baseball. World Series were last night. I'm not entirely sure how that connection happens, but yeah, carry on. Um, oh, I'm here for it. Though. Oh, oh, oh! Do do baseball pitches? Do baseball courts, fields not need to have courts. very well maintained lawns, just like your backyard does, James? No, it's fake grass. But carry on. Is it fake grass? Is it? I, I mean, I just assume. I, I have no idea. I don't think that's true. I don't think it is at all. I'm sure there's astroturf no, in some fields. It's it's actually I, it's actually I real really grass, don't think which so. is why yeah. you see them with brown stains all over them. No, that's from the dirt that's on the baseline. No, so no, you, no. I'm pretty sure it's real grass. It's real grass, James. So they rip up real grass every time, like in the in the Sky yep. Dome, which is now called the Rogers Center in Toronto, where the Blue Jays play, and there's like a concert one day. They rip up all that grass and lay down more real grass. They just put it. What if they just put something on top? They put it over it. They put down like wood. No, for sure. No, for sure not. Because there's like a concrete floor that I've walked on on there, and there's definitely not grass underneath that. Yes. What's the name? What's the name of the place? They put wood and then a metal frame, and then they they put the concrete blocks on. Hundred percent. There's no way. No, there's no way. I could see them rolling grass on top of the concrete floor. There's no way they put concrete on top of grass. I'm not saying you're wrong. No, no. The Rogers Center uses artificial grass. As I grew up in Toronto, going to the Rogers Center, a.k.a. the Sky Dome, I am going to say that even if there's real... I'm, I knew that there was real grass in certain fields, but, like, I feel like some of them use AstroTurf. Anywho, well, anyway. your point's well, still valid that, you know, greens... I get it. I get where you were going with that now. Okay, so carry on. Baseball happened, world something? So, all right, James, fine. All right. My point is that... You know, you were talking about your backyard. I want to bring up baseball, so the only connection was grass. I, I did look it up. By the twenty-five of the professional stadiums okay. have real grass. So, so, so a lot of them. Anyways, right. neither here nor there. World Series was last night. Dodgers won. Great. I don't know anything about baseball. Don't really care about Here's baseball what... that much. But there was something that was very major that happened during that, during and after their victory. I did. I did read about this, and it's. Can I, can I do a quick interject on that? Just living in L.A. and not watching baseball at all oh yeah you're I just, there i i just knew they won because all the fireworks started going off oh. like, there was a moment i was just sitting in my apartment i was like okay um, so the dodgers won or we're being invaded okay so hold on two quick <laughs> questions so so la does care about baseball yeah like i'm like no, i'm not being funny i know no, no, there's no. just there's, some there's cities a, they've got there sports teams really care about. okay there's some die and then dodgers. and then two and i this is again this is this is just being you know this is just asking a question Maybe this is, I don't know, 
Is is setting off fireworks in California allowed right now? Like, I've- oh, it super isn't. But people oh, have been okay. doing it for the last six months. There have just been like at the beginning of the summer. Lots to celebrate in California off- right now. Yeah, what are you? Everybody celebrating? just started setting off fireworks in like May, and then Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, came out and was like, "Hey, nobody can do that." And then everyone like doubled down on it. And there was a period from like late May through probably a week or two after the after the Fourth of July where there was just an, an obnoxious amount of fireworks every night. Well, James, they're celebrating all their gender reveal parties. <laughs> Look, we've already discussed that on the show, and that's already, like, infuriating on so many levels. But no, so, like, the, the state is burning to the ground, and people are setting off fireworks for no reason? Well, yeah, they like won the World Series. No, no, he's saying that for, like, a couple months they were just going off for no reason. Yeah, it was just a purely, like, go-to-hell Mayor Eric Garcetti uh, fireworks show that lasted a few wow. months. Wow. I don't think wow. you understand how much we don't like our mayor. Oh, oh no, I'm beginning to. Or, uh, evidently, <laughs> your own state, because you're happy to burn it down. It's dumb to set off the fireworks, but right if now. you're setting them off in downtown L.A., you're not going to start a wildfire. I suppose that's probably true. Still, maybe a little still bit insensitive, dumb, and it's annoying. And the right. air quality—the the day after the Fourth of July—I think we had our worst air quality in like fifteen years. And that's saying something because you guys suck at that. But here is the issue: is that, and this this is so bizarre. In the middle of the game, like the sixth inning or something, one of the players tested positive for COVID. Now, and and, and, and so why in the middle of the game? That's my big question. Okay, so, so I yeah, did a did bit they of research. Did test them in the middle, or did they, did they just no. get the results? Okay. So I, I, I did a bit of research, not enough, but a little bit, so I'll be just uneducated enough to have uh, an ignorant opinion. An ignorant opinion. An ignorant opinion. I'm going to so, open a water. Hang on. Uh, oh, oh, at least you're off the sherry. That's nice. So it said that he produced an inconclusive test, and then a positive test. So here's my theory is that they're doing rapid testing, but the rapid testing is not like instant, right? So maybe he produced an inconclusive test right before the game. And so they tested him again. And that rapid test didn't come through until an hour or so later. And so they're already into the sixth inning and then it came positive and they pulled him out. Regardless of how it happened, there are two things that are important to note. This apparently was the first positive COVID case in the MLB bubble, which is, Shocking in its own right, and like kind of weird to think that they made it all the way to the sixth inning of the last game of the season before they had one. But the more important part is once they pulled him from the game, he was put into a room to isolate until the game was done. But then they won the game, which also won them the World Series. And so he decided to throw on a mask and go out with all of his teammates and reporters and whatever and celebrate with them. Take off the mask. Oh, yes. For the photos, you can't have the mask on, obviously. (laughs) It's a very so, interesting situation. Those rapid tests take like 15 minutes. So, first of all, if there's any question, if he's inconclusive, right, he shouldn't be in the dugout. I mean, yeah, tell tell a, a, a manager that's managing a World Series team that's potentially going to win the World Series that day that one of their star players isn't going to sit in the dugout because he had an no, inconclusive that's, test. That's, you know what, valid. You're not wrong. It's just the, it's just the nature of the situation. I mean, well, and, and how accurate rap- are the rapid, rapid ones in the first place? I've had rapid tests out here. They're, they're 15 minutes. They say it's like 97% accurate. Okay, so then maybe, uh, do we know that maybe he went back, you know, to the clubhouse, got his rapid test, it was negative, and so he was allowed to go back out and celebrate? Or That is a very potential scenario. 
Well, then he tweeted after saying that he wished he could have been there to celebrate with everybody. But he was. But he was there, there so. to celebrate. Does he think like that? Nobody took photos of that. <laughs> like he literally posed for the photos. I, oh, hundred percent without his <laughs> mask. Uh. Or does he mean like going out to the bars afterwards because he didn't do that because he was in fact positive? I don't know. It's a weird situation. What I don't understand is why are they not, why are they even giving people results during the game? Like, that's, how, like test before the game starts. Or, no, test with enough buffer to get the results back before the game yeah. starts. Right. So like that's, that's where this whole thing gets fishy to me. I don't understand how halfway through the game you pull someone. Like I don't. I don't understand, which is why my previous question of were there people in the past that were positive, but because they didn't believe right. the test results, they just were like, no, it's fine. Type and I do not know the, the answer. It's already started. Yeah. I do not know the answer because they said, I, wrote, I read somewhere that it was the first positive case since the MLB bubble happened. And it was very bizarre because they don't understand where he got it from. You know, he's been quarantining with his wife and kid on the property, wherever they, you know, 4,000-acre property that they had for everybody. So I don't know the answer to that. Oh, so smaller than your house. 4,000-acre. Yeah, what if, oh. if, <laughs> if they have a landscape architect? I'm sure that wherever property they were on <laughs> definitely had a landscape They probably architect. have a landscape architect on retainer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, on salary. On salary, Correct. Um, so anyways, yes, I thought that was a very weird thing that happened in the world of sports. Congrats to LA. They don't have much going for them at this point. So good for them to I mean, get a world series win. Lakers. That is true. What's interesting <laughs> about the fact that the do? Lakers won the f- NBA finals is no one watched. <laughs> it was the lowest NBA rate. It was lower than some of like. It was lower than most of the NASCAR races in terms of I will of say fewer, fewer fireworks. Fewer fireworks for the Lakers. Although they, they still went down. And one thing you can count on L.A., whether we care about the team or not, if we win something big, we're going we're gonna to rock. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so wait, how are, the, uh, how are the Rams doing this year? Not great. And neither mm. are the Chargers. So, so we're, we're unlikely to see the, the hat trick from L.A.? Absolutely not. Not possible. Okay. Okay. Wouldn't it be a, what's more than a hat trick? Because the Kings are quite good at, at times. I mean, obviously they didn't quartet. win the cup. The quartet is that a sports thing for four in a row? No, it's usually a barbershop musical group, acapella style. Right. Got it. All right. So there's not a word for it. Thank you guys for suffering through one of the most random uh, episodes of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I, I wish that was true. I wish that was true. It's up there. It's not the most, but it's up there. We did cover some racing stuff. We did cover some, I don't know, baseball no, I'm gonna stuff. Cut, I'm going to cut all the racing stuff. Oh, that's fair. But That's you know. good. Thank you. <laughs> Go Frazier. <laughs> it's weird. It's like this, this episode, we were doing well, and then right in the middle of it, we just spun out for no reason. I hate you so much. <laughs> On that note, guys, I'm going to go have some sherry. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from Sherry, but I guarantee you you will not see Thim next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would. 
He's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Tim. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.